Hey, it's Jose Galison. You can, uh, this is No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. Also on all the major audio podcasters and Odyssey as well. Credit to Justin Campbell at jcamp1521 for the intro. If you're looking for someone to do intros for you or pretty much anything uh, podcasting related, uh, he does a lot of work for a lot of big podcasters. Uh, go hit him up, uh, you know, whether it's like clips, uh, what have you. Uh, he does it all. Uh, today, my guest is Heidi Briones. Uh, just to let you guys know, I always do. If you're watching on the 30th, this is a live stream. It'll only be available the day of, and then I'll put it back up public roughly a week or so later, uh, depending on how the schedule works out. Uh, if you want to have access to it in the meantime, uh, you're going to have to go to patreon.com, just no way Jose 2020. Uh, there's multiple different levels. The lowest level is two bucks, though, and that just gives you access to the episodes. Uh, the highest level is 20 bucks, and that's for the sponsors, and that would be C.D. McRae of the Whiskey and Tea Podcast. I have Jeremy, who has a who has an Etsy store, etsy.com slash, uh, oh shit, my notes, up slash shop slash Raising Liberty. Uh, you can follow him at Twitter on at Jeremy Rhymes. Also, Mikel Thorup of the Expat Money Show. Uh, he His whole thing is, uh, you know, uh, helping people move towards more liberty, more specifically across like state line, or uh, country lines and such. Uh, so, if that's something interesting to you, go check out his show. Or he also does it as a business, so you can check that out as well. You, you know, if you want to give money, do it. But you can check out his podcast where he goes into a lot of that stuff as well. But obviously, that won't be a replacement for getting him to actually do one-on-one with you and help you out with that kind of stuff. Uh, today, the topic is the main topic's big bigotry. Uh, kind of the if you guys see the rational and repugnant, this is kind of spurned on from the uh, the recent LP platform change. Uh, I, mean, I think we might touch a little bit on some of the abortion stuff, maybe some other things as well. Uh, if you guys in the live chat want to add anything in as well, we can do something along those lines. Uh, um, I do want to let you guys know a couple things to check out. Uh, I just had a uh, just brought publicly my OKC bombing episode with Richard Booth. That one was really great. It's, big, it's become a series. I think I'm going to have the next one next week. I think Tuesday we'll be doing the uh, second part of that. I'm going to, I'm surmising we'll probably have at least one more after that. If not more, depends because there is so much to that case. Uh, and he is super knowledgeable. So we're, we're going down the wormhole with that. And it's, uh, it's been great. I'm really, really loving it. Um, and uh, I'm, I do think it's actually really important as well because there's a, there was something that affected a lot of people. And I do think the government narrative there is completely shit. And I do think that's something that needs to be more light shined on. Uh, I mean, not that I think anything will really come of it, but you know, the more people can be aware of it, the better. I also think it's, good for people aware of what your governments are capable of, uh, whether it be intentional or whether it be, um, you know, uh, accidental. I mean, it's kind of either way. They, uh, you know, they definitely were hiding things there. Uh, I also have the uh, Duncan Lemp episode with Magnus Video that will be dropping publicly here soon. But if you're watching this episode, it's public. It will already be out. So I, I think go check that out as well. Uh, that will be good stuff. Uh, yeah, I do want you guys to know, uh, Tower Power Hour, uh, you know, follow them on Odyssey, 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 Odyssey. Uh, we just did our finale of Jones and for June, our conspiracy themed month, and we tackled the big, uh, the big one, uh, and the one that I'm not even going to say, I'll get, I'll say it's the big H we're, we're questioning numbers, uh, because that's one thing I'm, I'm, I'm not even comfortable saying on, on my channel. So, and even on Tower Power Hour, which we go hard there, even still, we already pulled it off of YouTube, and it's only available on Odyssey. So if you want to check it out, go check it out. Uh, there's a lot of good information there. It was a little bit more big brain time than normal, but uh, there's a lot of good information there. If that's something you really want to uh, look into a forbidden topic, go, go check that out. 
um yeah uh to do all right also toplobster.com yeah go get merch for my show there you know a bunch of other shows tower power like i mentioned has merch there uh you know naturalist capitalist liberty lockdown plenty of other shows as well also a lot of his own original work so go pick up merch there he's a lot of great stuff and tops the shit so go check out his stuff go support him uh use jose at checkout for 10 percent off and with that let's get heidi in here Hey, what's up, Heidi? Hey. Hey, how you what's been? What's up? <laughs> Not much. I'm great. How about you? How's everybody? Um, yeah, doing all right, doing all right. Uh, do you have some issue with your kitty cat lately? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Gus is the famous one. So he is the um, snowshoe cat. No issue with him, except him being just way too cute and, you know, lovable and mm. just soft and snuggly. But um, my other cat, Tulsi uh she is pretty feral and she decided pretty much as soon as summer started as soon as it stopped raining in portland that she was gonna bounce um she didn't come back um since the last time it rained (laughs) so i've been looking for her uh but who knows i mean she can survive for a while she's pretty expert hunter and you know she she brought a live pigeon in to our house Mm -hmm. before and multiple moles and all kinds of stuff so not really worried about her surviving so hopefully nothing bad happened to her and she'll be back eventually yeah we had a cat that slipped out once and it was gone for like a week and we live out in the country so we were like oh shit and we have yeah so we were we we were like what that we we thought he was doomed and you know found him but a week later yeah they're pretty resilient uh but but yeah i hope you uh hope you figure that out hope you hope it's all right uh you know i I know how it is (laughs) yeah but uh, if I guess I'll give you a chance. I don't even think I've actually had you ha- had you on my show before. We've interacted a lot on Twitter, so it feels like I have before, but <laughs> I, I don't think I have. So uh, let, uh, if you could give introduce yourself to the audience, let them know who you are, what you're about, whatever you want to lay out. I know you uh, you kind of did some political stuff in the past, so you know it's yeah. kind of your credentials, what have you. Yeah, sure. My name is Heidi Brionis. I live in Portland, Oregon with my wife and my three, now two, I guess, cats. And I'm from uh, Southern California originally. I have a degree in politics I'm from UC Santa Cruz. So I definitely was a leftist um, for quite some time. I ran for office uh, in 2020, um, essentially, uh, you know, inspired by Andrew Yang's campaign, um, kind of spurred off of that. Um, ran as a Democrat, uh, you know, tried to primary a very strong incumbent in a, you know, solid blue district. Um, yeah, I think I did pretty well. It was only a three month campaign. Um, and I did, you know, place above any of the other challengers and got, I don't know, almost 9,000 votes, something like that, 8,000. Um, and yeah, I mean, after that, it, things kind of, <laughs> things kind of made a turn. I mean, you could say I was red pilled, or you could say whatever you want to say, but uh, I sort of, you know, after I finished my campaign, I had a following. I had, you know, some people that were looking to me um, and I decided to just be myself and say whatever the hell I was feeling. And I don't like Joe Biden and I never have. And so I made it very clear and I thought that would be cool with everybody since we were like, you know, on the left, and we were for Andrew Yang, who was not Joe Biden, and, and we were supposed to be like more populist kind of uh, movement. And then I realized, oh, no, I'm actually in like a full on cult. And like, I'm not allowed to like, um, you know, go against that, because then I'm a Trumper or whatever they want to say, or I'm right wing or whatever the hell they want to say. Um, so yeah, it just really kind of made me wake up. And, um, 
yeah, since then I've been, you know, writing, I've been just like doing whatever I want um, and saying whatever I want. You know, I have a diverse background. I was a teacher. Um, I taught in Taiwan and South Korea. My mom was an academic. Um, you know, I almost got a PhD. I worked in the Tesla factory. Um, you know, I did all kinds of different things. And so I'm a lot more than just like somebody who ran for office as a Democrat. So I'm happy to let that go. I um, am not affiliated with any party currently um i'm basically just declined to state and figuring it out but right now i'm just like yeah cool with not being in any party at all and just um just being myself and seeing what happens so yeah i got some got some things coming out but yeah i'm excited to talk to everybody Hell yeah. Uh, I do want to kind of start out kind of with your political philosophy journey, because uh, I think the last time I saw you uh, anywhere was on Justin's show, Justin O'Donnell, uh, forever ago. I don't know if you've done any other shows since then, but I did see you there. And I and I, and I do remember vaguely, I probably should have rewatched it in uh, preparation, but I do vaguely remember some of your, uh, some where you were coming from. And I, I get the vibe that you've changed even more since then. And it's, I do, it's kind of interesting because it's like kind of the thing like, uh, you know, let's say people say, what's the difference between a libertarian and anarchist? Like six months. I'm not saying you're either a libertarian <laughs> or an anarchist, but it is kind of interesting right. to see how you've gone a little bit further, or it seems that way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, kind of, so I kind of like to see, you know, where you're coming from there, if you want to let people know. Yeah, I feel like I haven't gone further. I mean, I've changed a bit, but I really feel, feel like the world has changed. The world is getting more and more authoritarian, and we're seeing the effects of it. And I feel like I've always been, you know, libertarian. You know, I've always been on that side of things. I mean, in the 90s, if you were a leftist or a liberal, you were libertarian. I mean, pretty much. I mean, you were you were not authoritarian. And that really shifted um, over the last, you know, 30 years. And even more so after the last, you know, three years. It's just like accelerationist at this point. And uh, the more that we steer towards, um, you know, control and the more overreach that happens, um, you know, obviously through the COVID regime, um, just seeing everything so clearly and how far we've gone um, to that side and how our freedoms are just being, you know, ripped away. Um, yeah, I just am like, hey, I feel like I feel like I've stayed mostly the same. I've just watched things get so bad that I can't be as quiet about it anymore. Like I can't be just like chilling and like, oh well, whatever. Like I got gay marriage, you know, and that's cool. And now I'm just gonna like do nothing and hang out in Oregon. Um, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like anybody that is for liberty should be speaking up right now. And yeah. if you're not, then then you're not for liberty. You're just not because like this is the this is the time to you know have your free speech um, recognized and shout it for the rooftops. So I feel like I'm just being loud. I guess I'm just being louder about what I've always felt because things are getting worse. Yeah. Um, well, I guess this will be a little bit of a test to see how much you've moved from your lefty origins since we'll be touching on bigotry and abortion. So it'll be kind of interesting to see where you come from. Uh, I don't know if you are aware of my positions. I'm, I mean, not that I've been super loud on it, but I, 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 I kind of a little uh, unorthodox with what the uh, traditional libertarian position is or the liberta- libertarian ink positions on these two things. I definitely don't agree with the, especially for these two topics at all. Uh, real quick, I have a super chat from Nell Neves. I'm here for Heidi. Uh, you know, thanks, hey, for, thanks for the super chat. Uh, you know, feel Love free you to now. keep on those. Thanks for I'll showing up. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Um, well, let's start with bigotry. Uh, are you a fan of it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, 
But no, the reason why this kind of came up was the, uh, I mentioned earlier, the uh, platform change in it. So I guess we can, I want to start yeah. off with from a political perspective, and then I kind of want to go from a, more of a philosophical, philosophical perspective. Uh, so what are your thoughts on uh, the that, that being in the platform in the first place? And I'll, I'll let you go, and then I'll kind of, you know, maybe give my thoughts, and then I think a lot of people kind of know where I'm coming from there. Uh, like your thoughts on whether it ever should have been there in the first place, if you, and, and, and what it means for a political movement to ha be tied to that. I would say I don't like it. Um, it's a, it's such a broad term. It's mm -hmm. everybody's going to have a different definition of it, which is my problem. I think a platform should be very straightforward. Pretty much anybody should be able to read it. I mean, it should honestly be maybe like fifth grade level and just very basic and you understand exactly what this party is about when you start talking about bigotry so broad changes literally every day now well, and it's just what exactly is that it's just somebody i don't like um yeah. pretty much it's somebody that i disagree with on something that i think is very important and therefore i think they're a hateful person so i think it's weird i think it's odd that it was even in the libertarian platform it doesn't seem like it fits it seems more like a green party platform or something like that so but it's, it's odd to me yeah uh yeah I, i've i've definitely i've said before that it never should be in the first place i'm not a, an lp guy at all i, I mean people yeah. who follow me at all are very aware of that but but this is one of my critiques that i gave them and and honestly to their credit them pulling it out gave me one less critique uh to some extent although i'm i'm still not a fan of what they change it to but it is far better uh, I still feel like it kind of just comes off as like wishy-washy, but it at least takes away that like political cudgel aspect of it. Cause the way it's worded now, I mean, I don't remember exactly what's worded now, but the way it's worded, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I can't recall. Maybe so, if someone's paying attention to the chat, they can drop it, but it, it's something along the lines of uh, we will uh, advocate for the rights for anyone, regardless of uh, race, sex, creed, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Okay, which, yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, whatever, like that, that one, it changed. Should be obvious, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the previous one was, you know, we, we denounce or something along the lines of bigotry is irrational and repugnant, which is the, the wording of that becomes like a positive statement of, you know, if anyone, uh, you know, says anything, which like you said before, it's so open for interpretation. It could be as simple as someone saying, Hey, I don't think we should be, uh, okay, uh, and it's not even saying we're advocating for any sort of political action. We, uh, or we, I don't th say some candidate says I don't think we should be okay with, uh, you know, twelve-year-olds, uh, you know, undergoing uh, sex change or, or is or something along those lines. And there are plenty of people who can be like, well, that's that's bigotry. And I mean, obviously, right. I would disagree. That's bigotry. But I mean, you know, if that's how you define it, that's how you define it. And it is a very vague term. So uh, it, I just think even as it stands now, it just kind of comes off as like, why, why is this even here? It, it mm -hmm. just makes no sense. But I mean, whatever. But before it was it ha was in there and it was used many times as like a political cudgel to people that they don't like in the LP. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just it's just leftism. I mean, I was kind of thinking about this. and It's just I think I wrote kind of a note here. It's just that basically leftists think that if you associate with somebody any and i mean associate is so broad anything like you liked a, a, a tweet or retweeted something or followed them on on twitter or anywhere else or stood next to them somewhere or you know or in the same party if you just you know associate with somebody then it's like you're fully endorsing everything about that person and their beliefs and you also believe like they do 
It's very that cult mentality of just like, you know, if you associate with someone, oh, then you're just like them. And you can only associate with people that have the exact same beliefs as you, which is crazy um, to me. And that's exactly my experience that I had. You know, like you said, I mean, as simple as calling someone the wrong pronoun, you're a bigot. Yeah. I mean, the the, the commonly used uh, thing uh, to to put it in modern terms is uh, Dave Smith. And uh, he's had multiple interactions with Nick Fuentes and other people. And just him not immediately being like, oh, I denounce you or whatever. Like people would kind of try to use this angle of of attack. And I always thought it was so silly. Like, why would I interact with someone like that has beliefs that I disagree with and immediately come off in an aggressive way like that. Like you're not going to make any sort of inroads. It's not productive in any way. It just comes off as silly. And I just think it puts up blocks where they don't need to be. Uh, although their argument would be like, well, we don't want to attract these kind of people to the movement. And like, why? Like if you're saying they have bad ideas, wouldn't you want to introduce them to better ones? <laughs> like, uh, Isn't yeah. that free speech? I mean, isn't that part of Liberty? Isn't that like a huge part of it? And wouldn't you want it to be a big tent? ideally so that you actually have you know some say and you're taken seriously and that's how you do it you work together with people that you don't agree with on other issues on the issues you do agree with you know you find like the common ground and then you're like how can we work together instead of oh how can i you know like hate you or how can i you know say that you're a bigot or how can i do it just it's not yeah like you said it's not productive i really believe in working with people no matter what, as long as we agree on what we're working on, that's all that matters. I mean, I don't really care what you think about other things or what you do in your off time, as long as it's not hurting anyone or me, go for it. And that's, I mean, that's part of libertarianism to me. I mean, small L, you know, it's just, we're we're for people doing what they want, as long as you're not hurting anybody and you leave people alone. Yeah. Just as simple as it gets. Well, that, that leads to a perfect transition. Mm -hmm. You kind of mentioned the little, the little L libertarian, we were talking big L there and now we're moving to little L um uh you know for those who aren't aware though i mean I, just to i guess maybe we kind of probably brought in a different crowd w- w- since you probably have more people from the yang thing when we say big l or little l big l means the political thing the political side and then little l is like the philosophy because a lot of people may not realize it if you're you know watching now uh I mean, the there we obviously there's a libertarian party and a lot of people conflate the two but you have people like me who's not even an lp guy i actually literally have the opposite i advocate people for not to uh, interact in the in a political way, especially not with the Libertarian Party, in my personal opinion. Uh, and yeah, I'm not going to go into that because that's a whole spiel and I have plenty of other content. <laughs> you go check that out. But, you know, there, there are a lot of people who, you know, there are people who are small little Libertarians that advocate for uh, working with the Republican Party or the Democrat Party or no party or the Libertarian Party. So it, it's a different thing. There's a the political philosophy and then you have uh, you have the uh, po- the the political party. Uh, and these are very different things. And that's kind of one of my issues with it is that, you know, especially like we mentioned before with the, with the, uh, the platform is kind of like people, it's too often that people, normal people conflate the two. And then when you have this weak thing, like, and then people then uh, immediately associate that with libertarianism. So I guess my question is kind of like, do you think someone can be a libertarian and a bigot at the same time? Is that something you think is possible? Cause that, and, I will say real quick, my answer is like yes and no, because when it comes mm-hmm. to something like libertarian, it's kind of like how you define it. But my mm-hmm. personal preferred one, you can be. So because a lot yeah. of people try to make it about individualism versus collectivism, where I'm more about a property rights type guy. So but I'll, I'll let you take it forward. Yeah, I think you I think you certainly could. I mean, you could certainly believe in the philosophy of freedom and have some hateful beliefs. 
because beliefs are beliefs and most of bigotry is around beliefs. I mean, if you're doing something that's an action, you're actually harming somebody, you're hurting them. Okay, you're a criminal and you're, you know, that's like, that's, that's a different thing going on. If you have a racist belief or you have homophobic belief or whatever it is, okay, you can hate a belief, but um, hating the person when they've only, you know, expressed a belief um, and said something that you didn't like that offended you. I don't, I don't see that as, you know, going against um, the foundations of free speech, liberty, like, you know, in general, you can totally be for liberty and have some weird, crazy, possibly hateful, um, possibly repugnant <laughs> beliefs. Yeah. Um, and that's life. Humans have weird freaking beliefs, like everybody does. I've never met one person that I can't find something that they believe that I think is like freaking crazy, you know? I'm like, that's insane. Like, I had no idea you thought that. And you, you don't always find out right away, but I'm not going to write them off completely as a person. Um, I'm going to be like, I don't like that belief. I think that belief sucks. Like, let's debate it. Let's see. Let me tell you why I think it sucks. You tell yeah. me why you think it's good. And we'll, you know, maybe I'll learn something. Maybe you will too. That's, that's liberty to me. That's freedom. That's being able to talk to someone and not just shutting them out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I actually like I, I legit probably I think I have friends that I would consider to be technically bigots and I, I don't have an issue with it. Like, so I guess it's kind of like, I mean, obviously, I don't agree with them, but like, it's not really that big of a deal to me. It's kind of like, OK, well, cool. Then like, I probably won't bring you around my black friends, like whatever, like we can still be friends on other things. And and even then we can even I, I will even make racist jokes with them. I don't care. Like, I mean, I know what I believe. Who cares? And. Uh, I guess this kind of, I, I just thought of it now. I want to ask you, do you think bigotry is irrational and repugnant and or repugnant? Because uh, I, I think a lot of people will disagree with me here with my take, but I want to hear your take on it. I guess you'd have to define bigotry pretty clearly first, but if we're just talking about like racism or hateful thoughts towards others, um, I think it depends on so many factors. So yes and no, like yeah. it definitely can be um, for sure. Um, but I think that you're not looking at the whole picture if you say it always is because there's so many different stories of like, there's people that like went through genocides like today and had a certain group of people literally like kill their whole family and they hate that group of people now. I mean, am I going to tell that person, no, that's so, that's wrong. Now you're a bigot. Like, get away from me. And they'd be like, well, screw you. Like, this, this, but this type of person did this to me, like, my whole life and abused me. And I'm not going to be, like, gaslit and have you tell me I should just, like, love everybody, like, no matter what, um, if I don't want to. And so, yeah, I don't think it's looking deeply enough. I think it's a very shallow interpretation of it. And it's too loose. It's just, like, broad, loose. Anybody can just redefine it at any time. So I would say yes. Yes and no. Can be, but definitely not always. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm kind of the same boat because, uh, like pretty much unless you're advocating for some sort of force in in, in especially in in specifically in the in the talk of like bigotry. Say you're you're someone who doesn't like black people and you're like I'm I want to go kill black people or or I just want to you know use political force to somehow push them out in one way, shape, or force or form. Yeah, I'm gonna have an issue. But if you're just someone, which I've, I mean, I I I, moved, I lived in Maine when I was a kid and I moved to Tennessee. And like, there's definitely some racism in the South, but it's not as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. But most of it, in my opinion, was kind of the harmless type where they're just like, well, I just don't want to interact with them. And But they're not in any way advocating for any sort of force. They're just like, well, yeah. I'm out here in the sticks. I don't, I mean, I just don't, I don't like them. They're yeah. color fillers and I'm just not going to interact with them. And whatever, like, 
sure someone could say that's irrational and or repugnant. I mean, I would say in that case, it's probably irrational. Just irrational, maybe not repugnant. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, it's not really that big of an issue. Like, who cares? I mean, let them have their thoughts. It's not a big deal. Um, I mean, even Thomas Sowell himself, I believe, said, uh, I wish I could remember it better because I do bring this example up a lot. But he said there's different types of racism. And he Mm. mentions one type of racism and he kind of said it's kind of like a rationally and a lot of people may not like this. It's kind of like a bell curve argument. And he's kind of like the idea. I think he used some sort of taxi example or something. But let's say uh, let's say for you don't know anything about it. But say say it's a job thing. You're trying to hire someone for a job and you for some weird reason in this hypothetical, the only thing you know about them is their race or sex or religion or whatever. Like statistically, there are things you can kind of be like you can derive from that. Obviously, it would be far better if you got to know the person, know them as an individual. But even Thomas Sowell himself is like, well, this indiv- this group is more has a high like, say, Ashkenazi Jews. If you look at the bell curve, they're like the Ashkenazi Jews and Asians are like typically of the highest IQs. So if you're if all you know is that they're an Ashkenazi Jew or an Asian, you don't know anything about them and you're trying to hire them for a job that you think would be conducive for somebody with a high IQ. I, I mean, and that's the only information to go off of. I mean, honestly, that's kind of rational bigotry. I mean, obviously, it's a hypothetical, but, you know, like, there's something to it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's prejudice. I mean, you know, I think that we all have prejudices, stereotypes that are ingrained in us, and many that we're totally unaware of until somebody points it out, right? I mean, people grow up in different areas. You could grow up in the South, like you mentioned, in Maine. Um, You know, you could grow up in a very small community where everybody believes the same thing, and then suddenly you're out in the world and you realize, oh, that's actually weird. People don't all think that way. So of course, prejudice is definitely real. I think that's different than bigotry. I mean, mm-hmm. cause that's just like judging somebody before you know them. That's not like hating somebody or, you know, and then of course there's the other line where it's like actually hurting people and like, you know, that kind of thing, which is horrible or, you know, advocating for hurting someone um, or violence so that I don't, you know, I don't sign off on that. So yeah, there's so many levels to these things that it's like, yeah, it just, I mean, things go on Twitter and it just gets reduced down to like, you're either a bigot or you're not, or you're either like for Nazis or you're not. So we're just like, it's just like, like, things are so black and white, but it's, yeah, it's insane. So if you're talking about libertarianism as a, libertarianism as a philosophy, you can't be black and white, in mm-hmm. my view. You yeah. just can't. It's not just that simple. There's gradients, there's gray areas, there's human experience, there's countries that we live in there's laws there's not laws there's so much that goes into a philosophy and the whole point of a philosophy is to talk it out think it out work it out and you can't do that if you shut people out completely um if they have a viewpoint that you think is you know bigoted um yeah because they could just be ignorant you don't even know that either like i've talked to some people and i'm like hey i think that's kind of like a messed up thing that you like think that or you're saying that like if that's just my opinion like we could talk about it why do you do that like what's going on and they might tell me their story and I might be like okay that gives me some context but let me tell you my story this is my context and then I'd be like oh I never thought about that and then we got somewhere um but I could have just been like well screw you you're a bigot and walked away and then nothing nothing happened you know it's just a horrible interaction and no one got anywhere yeah well uh let's move on to a uh i think you already lost a little bit of your lefty cred here in the uh, in the bigotry talk so that's good uh let's move on to abortion i have been following you a little bit online and you you do seem i don't i don't know necessarily it's i, I haven't really got to read if you're uh, necessarily against abortion but i do get the vibe you're definitely okay with the constitutional aspect of it that it should go to the states 
Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll let you kind of just give me give me your thoughts. I do want to let you guys people know if you want to hear like go deep theory into it. I had uh, a while back Kerry Baldwin, who's a great voice in it. I'm I would I'm technically uh, in my opinion, I'd, if I had to classify myself as one of the other, I'm pro life. Although I don't really necessarily advocate for any political thing, I'm just I'm also not against it because I do see it as murder. But you know, I'm also an anarchist, so like. Just actual aggression. Uh, so, like, if if the state does want to deal with actual aggression in one shape or form, I'm not necessarily advocating for them to do it, but I'm also kind of like, well, it is aggression. So, like, I'm not really like, I'm not, uh, I'm not actively act advocating for it, but I'm also not really upset about it if it does happen. So, I I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Uh, although, maybe I, I would say from a leftist perspective, you may not be qualified to speak on this. So, because although you're a woman, you're technically not a breeder. So. <laughs> I'm not, but you know, I did have sex with many men and I managed to not get pregnant or have any abortions. So I'm so yeah. proud of that. So even though, you know, I'm not a breeder. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say I'm anti-abortion yet technically pro-choice, like reluctantly pro-choice. Um, it's such a complicated, actually repugnant issue. You know, it actually is like a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing um that unfortunately happens in the world and will continue to happen and i would like there to be a lot less of it um i probably i understand that there's probably never going to be none of it um and that's life because there are situations that you know may call for it there's you know those are i think more rare than people make it out to be um mm -hmm. people make it seem like that's the situation every time like the, i hear you know the way people talk about abortion, you think that every single time the mother's life is in jeopardy every single time that she's pregnant or every, you know, just like, or everybody's having these abortions where their life is in jeopardy, which is just not the case. Um, and it's definitely being used as a form of birth control, which is clear from all these liberals and lefties being like, I'm not having sex now. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, like, like so Okay, good. Like, <laughs> that's the point, but you know. Um, and I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have the legal aspect of it, which, um, you know, I mean, I've, uh, it, it's kind of complicated, obviously, there, too, because people think that it's just cut and dry. But really, it was Roe v. Wade and then Planned Parenthood versus Casey kind of like solidified it on, you know, what the states could do. But it was really um, like a trimester issue, too, right? Like, people don't talk about that as much. But Roe v. Wade was like, it's cool in the first trimester. And then the second trimester, there has to be like a medical reason. And then third trimester, it's like not not cool unless it's like, whatever, like dire straits or something. Um, and the states had some like wiggle room there. And so now actually, I mean, if you live in like, you know, a blue state or, you know, a state that's cool with um, abortion, then I mean, it's almost better now because they could like pretty much like make anything happen now. You could just vote in your state and it's kind of free for all almost like it's like, okay. Um, and if you live in a state that's anti-abortion, you could vote to completely ban it, which has already happened. I mean, there's states that now have completely banned it. And then you have people that can fall in the middle. So it's actually more democratic in a lot of mm -hmm. ways because it's forcing the democracy onto the state and every state gets to choose. And if you hate the way your state is, I mean, at some point, why the hell are you there? I mean, we have, you know, a lot of choices. And, you know, if you're not going to get involved, um, you know, in political or local or state, you know, politics and try to change things, then maybe go to a state that is already set up the way you want it to be. And, you know, and people will say, well, that's socially, economically not not possible. And I'm like, okay, but I mean, then it's also possible for you to wear a condom and, like, you know, and like not get pregnant and not have to worry about this, like to begin with, because this should be like a last resort type of situation. This should be not your first thing that you're thinking. 
you know, you should be actually taking precautions before. And I think that people haven't been. I, I mean, I honestly think, you know, that they've been, you know, using this as um, birth control and they've been taking, you know, these fetuses and taking the stem cells and doing, you know, whatever, experiment science and building things and vaccines and all kinds of stuff from stem cells. And so I think that there's a weird economic um, part of it too. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, everybody needs to be wearing condoms and, you know, give out plan B like candy and, you know, stop like having sex with people that you don't want to have a baby with. And mm-hmm. if you are, then take every precaution possible. Uh, and then that will, I think, reduce like 90% of abortions. And I'd be cool with that. That'd be a grand improvement, I think, with society. And we'd have, you know, more families. I mean, you know, we've seen the breakdown of the family, which I don't think is cool. I'm not I'm not really a conservative, but I am kind of a traditionalist in a way. I do think that families are important. It's good to have a large family. It's good to have everybody tied together. It's good for kids to have a mother and a father figure, at least. Um, it's good to have that in your life. And, you know, we've seen the provable negative consequences of not having that, especially not having a father. Um, and so I think people need to step up and, like, be more responsible for what you're doing with your body and that you can create life, you know, if you're having sex. <laughs> so I, I guess I have, I mean, I'm pro-choice, but it's like, I'm also anti-abortion. I also freaking hate it. And I think let's not, let's not be doing this all the time. Like, let's figure out a better way and be more responsible for what's happening with human life, you know, in our bodies and otherwise. Yeah, I mean, when you say pro-choice, are you meaning more like, uh, are, are, are you just saying kind of like what I was getting at before, where you don't advocate for the government doing anything about it? Uh, and then also, you'd be kind of, not necessarily for it, but uh, not against it if it's in cases of like rape, ectopic pr- pregnancies, stuff like that, like things where the, wom- the wife or the woman's actually at harm. Because I will say, yeah. uh, and, and in my episode, I did cover that. I, I'm personally, if it's a rape case, I'm actually completely okay with it. I mean, I do think it's tragic. It is a life being taken, but I do think in my head and like a theory perspective, there was no like consensual act that mm-hmm. le- led up to that because mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion, if you create a life and act, you perform an act that, you know, has a, a chance of creating a human life that you, to some extent, have some sort of obligation to not fucking kill it. <laughs> like, yeah, but like obviously right, it's yeah. rape. It's like, you didn't enter, you didn't like make this like, implicit contract or whatever if you will like to where you perform this act that you knowingly knew would do that i I also have the same opinion if you're like say if uh you're mentally deficient didn't understand it like if you're somebody who's not cognizant of what the uh consequences of that act are Mm -hmm. like say someone who's like too young yeah too young i mean i I still think it's tragic it's still a human life but it it is Mm -hmm. it's a different scenario where you weren't in this situation where you made this kind of like implicit like contract type thing where you were essentially you created yeah. a life like and and obviously when it's like something where it's like the health of the like and when i say health i don't mean like oh this is going to cause depression i mean like it could probably mm-hmm. fucking kill you and like and i know yeah. a lot of people are like well how would you litigate that i don't fucking care like that's a separate issue like <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah i mean yeah I think, I mean, I think it should be a private issue between a person and a, and a doctor and their family and their community, ideally, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it should be a political issue. I mean, I realize that there has to be some kind of, you know, involvement, unfortunately. Um, but I'd like it to be as minimal as possible because, yeah, you don't know the full circumstances of that individual. You don't know if they're mentally deficient. You don't know if it was rape. You don't know all these situations that could go into it. Um, and I think the doctor and their family and people around them would, um, they'd be comfortable telling them it'd be a private thing and they'd all come to a conclusion together. Like, well, what do you think is best? 
And that would be the ideal way. And you know, in a utopia where we just all kind of figured it out. Um, unfortunately, we don't live there. So there's some kind of um, lines that I guess need to be drawn. So I mean, yeah, just like you, obviously, if it's non consensual, I'm okay with it. I mean, I think it still should be within the first trimester. Um, I think that that's totally fair. Um, I think that, yeah, same thing if they can't consent um, for whatever reason, you know, it could be incest or it could be mentally deficient or whatever's going on. Um, that's, you know, that's another reason. Certainly if the mother's life is in jeopardy, um, you know, I don't think, I think if the fetus is viable, they should be saving that premature fetus. That should not be an abortion case in my view. There should be something, some way to, you know, incubate or, something there should be you know we have the technology now to do all kinds of things so I think we could still save that life um you know in the second and third I don't want to see abortions all the way up until you know birth um I think that that is repugnant um so yeah I mean I think it's a it's a moral personal medical choice and those types of things should be private and the state should be as little involved as possible I don't want it to be like a free-for-all where it's like you know doctors are just like making money um, popping abortions like they did for a while. And I don't want women to be out on the street, like, you know, whatever, using stuff and taking weird drugs and like trying to just like um, kill babies in like awful ways that like, you know, harm them even worse when they still have the baby and it's all messed up. And there's just so many bad things that can happen. So yeah, I mean, it's like reluctantly, I just want it to be a private issue between people and their doctor and, you know, maybe their church, if they're religious and their family and they can come to the right decision. And we can all kind of agree as a society that like, you know, they'll make the right decision for their specific circumstance that we have no clue about. And then we'll put some restrictions like, hey, third trimester, yo, that's not cool. Like that, that, baby, that baby needs to go in an incubator and like it'll be adopted out. Um, if it's not possible, then okay. I mean, yeah, you, you would, might have to choose the, the woman's life over the baby and then that's fine. Um, if it's not possible to actually birth or to C-section or whatever else. Um, so it's so... That's what I hate about this issue. I just hate that this issue is so personal and so like ethical and so like moral and there's so many medical, there's so many things that go into it that it's not just pro-choice or pro-life. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. And that's what we've been cut down to in society in so many ways. We're the red or blue or pro-choice or pro-life or we're this or that. And I'm like, that's not the case. Um, everything is so nuanced now. And so, yeah, I hope that this brings more nuance and that people really think about it more and vote on it in their states. And maybe they do start thinking about, whoa, oh, wow, really? They, like people are really aborting babies like in the third trimester in my state. I don't know if I'm cool with that, actually. I didn't really know that. I didn't think about it yet. So maybe it will lead to, you know, actually more democracy and people actually thinking about their decisions more. We'll see. Yeah, I guess uh, it's funny because, yeah, you are right. It is hard to boil it down because I, I consider myself technically pro-life. But like I said, I'm not actually advocating for any political action on it. Yeah. Although I'm I'm also not upset if it does because, as I said before, I, I personally see most cases of abortion as honestly legit murder. And then a lot of people would say like, oh, murder. Like th then they start quibble about like what, what con is considered a person. Although I don't, I always throw away the person argument because I find that fucking silly because it's so arbitrary. It's like, this is a human. Like, there's, there's no debating mm -hmm. this is a human and you are killing it. Uh, mm -hmm. But, like, obviously, like I mentioned, it depends on the, the situation. But I do think it's murder. So I'm not necessarily upset because I do think, like I, like I said, I'm an anarchist. But I, 
in, in my head and like theory, even in magic, magical anarchy land, there still would be consequences for murder. Now, how that you would deal with that in like a, in anarchy or whatever, there's different ways to go about it. Like Hoppe had a theory of like covenant communities where, you know, whenever you enter that community, you have like a contract you enter into mm -hmm. and that will kick you the fuck out. If you don't abide by this, it's kind of like an HOA type thing, basically. <laughs> But you consensually, yeah, 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 you consensually yeah. entered into it, and I think in like mm -hmm. a say in a society like that, if you had an abortion and come to find out there was no like reason for it, and you just did it just because you didn't want to be pregnant, uh, they may very well kick you the fuck out. Like, and so different uh, in like my theoretical world, you know, they deal with it differently. But we're here in the real world, and <laughs> in fucking in in our current situation, and like for the same thing, it's kind of the same thing with murder laws. Like I. I don't necessarily actually, I don't necessarily advocate for murder laws because I'm, and this may sound crazy, but I think even if you got rid of murder laws, I, I don't know. I think it'd kind of sort itself out. Like uh, I have a gun. I'm not too worried about it. People get rid of murder laws. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think people are just going to willy nilly start killing people because there are consequences in the real life. If you just start killing people, people aren't going to want to do business with you. People aren't going to want you in your community. They're going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, It's not going to work out well, but I mean, at the same time, though, I'm not necessarily upset with it if the state does something about it. Although I don't advocate for it because the state fucks up damn near everything it does. The criminal yeah. justice system, even for even for legitimate aggressors, it typically only makes the situation worse. But I, yeah. I'm also it's it's kind of like the one of the lowest things on my priority list. Like I'm not necessarily out there advocating for people who killed, I don't know, a, a bus full of children to be able to get out of prison. Because uh, I mean, in my because uh, like, yes, uh, in, they're, it's they're not being dealt with in the ideal way I want, but I'm also not that upset about it. <laughs> like, it that's kind of how I. Look yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, it's yeah. sort of like if, you know, whatever, somebody catches somebody raping somebody and they shoot him in the head. You're not upset. You know, you're just like, I think we're done here. Like, this is yeah. like we solved this whole problem here. Like, this is yeah. this took care of itself. So, yeah, I'm definitely for like as local as you can get. I mean, honestly, like, I really think the ideal setup would be like, you have like your little neighborhood, right? And you're just like your own little community and you have your own little, you know, rules that you live by and you all take care of each other. And if somebody gets pregnant, they don't want the baby. That's fine because you have like, whatever, a nice like gay couple down the street that said they take the baby, you know, whatever, that they're just mm -hmm. be it all set up for anybody and they'd have resources and everybody feels safe and secure. I think the problem is people don't feel safe. They don't feel secure. There's no community. There, we don't have like any kind of connection to each other so when something happens like you get pregnant you just feel completely alone like a lot of people feel so alone and they're just like well i don't know i just got to get out of this and i'm just gonna go to planned parenthood or wherever i'm gonna go and get rid of it and move on with my life and now everything's okay again um but that's a very lonely sad like depressing you know society in a way of like living so I, yeah i'm definitely with you on there for community and making it more local yeah. it should be you know a really local issue yeah, uh, I actually want to touch on something. Uh, this is a little bit off the beaten path of what we're talking yeah. about. But you touched on something earlier about you being, you know, being a gay individual. And then uh, then also on top of that, that you you find yourself to be more traditional. I actually, and this may piss off a lot of trad people, I actually find, because uh, I remember, I wish I could remember more on this. Because I go on so many wormhole or deep dives <laughs> on weird little things that I get interested in for some weird fucking reason. And I only remember like cursory information about it because I don't ever like become a master of it. I just, I'm super ADD like that. But I do vaguely remember like going on this wormhole once about like homosexuality and come to find out that they've shown throughout like the, like they've shown that, uh, there is like, and they haven't obviously isolated the gene or whatever. Now it's obviously when you come down to like nature versus nurture, it's not as simple as that. There's obviously so many factors that go into it, but they have shown that 
in families, and this is specifically for men, that with uh, in in families that ha- tend to have more boys, the the further down they go, the more likely they are to be homosexuals. And they've also shown in the past that so the basically they've shown in the past that uh, that a lot of like uh, gay individuals have been uh, very even in the like I know we tend to think of this as like a or a lot of people think this is like a modern thing, but in, in way in ancient past, there were a lot of homosexuals and they did actually play a part. And it was kind of what you alluded to there, like kind of like, hey, you know, you have a, you have a kid, you know, the kind of home, the like, so there is a role for, I know it sounds crude, but non-breeders in, in a traditional society, because, you know, if there's uh, children, the extra children in a community, if there's, uh, you know, extra things that can be picked up, because you do get to a point where you, you you get to your max of breeders, and it's kind of like, it's good to have other people to assist in the community. Uh, and there is something to that. You're muted, by the way, if, if you're trying to talk. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting, I was having a notification go off. I didn't yeah. want to interrupt, but yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, and so I, I, a lot of people find those to be like at odds. I don't necessarily see it. Even from like biological and like historical perspective, there are a lot of uh, points that point to that there is something to that. Uh, and I'm not saying it's all nature. I'm also not saying it's all nurture because uh, a lot of people try to make it up yeah. like there's a gay gene or that's a choice. I don't think it's either. I think there's so many goddamn factors that play into it that it's, you can't just isolate it to one. So I always yeah. thought that was interesting, though, that like because people try to like condemn it on the traditional side. And on the other side, they try to make it out like it's like this anti-trad thing with all the progressives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's kind of neither. I think it's a to some extent a natural function in some way, yeah. personally. So. I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. I mean, you pretty much, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, it, it, there's always been a percentage of homosexuals in, you know, the human race, as long as we can remember. There's been some, there's been writings, there's been poems, there's been all kinds of things that we can trace back to there being a certain percentage of homosexuals. Like, um, is it nature? Is it nurture? I definitely think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think that in a way it is a choice. Cause like, I could totally choose, I could totally be gay and choose to like, be with a man and have a husband and have babies and stuff if that's what I want and a lot of lesbians do that actually a lot of lesbians don't realize they're lesbian until later in life because they have this drive to like nurture and have a family and so a lot of them like do that right away very young have family pop out like three kids and then like the kids grow up and they're like oh I'm actually gay like bye yeah. like I'm still best friends with you you're still awesome you're my kid's father but like I gotta go you be happy I'm gonna be happy um and i think that that's fine too i mean i think that um everybody should have the freedom to choose to live however they want and for some people yeah they might be gay and they might choose to not live that way and i don't think that's necessarily bad or wrong as long as they're not harming anybody or themselves um you know if they want to suppress that sexual part of themselves so that they can you know live in their community like have their family you know whatever they want to have then i think that that's okay too so yeah, I, I have a little bit different viewpoints than like maybe a lot of gay people, but I just think that whatever lifestyle you do want to live, and it is a lifestyle because anything's a lifestyle, right? You just you're deciding how you want your life to be, and your sexuality is your choice. And if you're gay, it's harder to be gay. It just is like it's harder to like live a gay lifestyle. Like it's like you have to like come out. It's so awkward. You have to tell people. You have to like you know, whatever, let them know you're not going to have kids. Like you have to just like this whole thing and you go places and people look at you and they kind of, it's it's weird. Like you are kind of like in a way an outsider in society and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's, it's fine if you're okay with that. But I'm also think, Hey man, it's fine if you're not okay with that too. If you want to have a more traditional life, cause there's a lot of value in that. And I do think there's a ton of value in families and breeders and, and being heterosexual and it's never going to go away. Homosexuals won't either. 
Um, but, you know, I think that we should all live together and just realize that, hey, we can all be, you know, in a community together, like you mentioned, and we'll, we'll help each other. Yeah, I just, I just think if we had a if we had more tight knit communities and kind of like mm-hmm. a, like I mentioned before, I'm an I'm an anarchist. I think in the, in a theoretical anarchist world, you would have more tight uh, tight knit communities, and there would be it'd be more of an apparent role for individuals like yourself or others, uh, you know, because it'd be like kind of pick up the slack, help out, uh, you know, if there is a kid, you know, say some orphan, say some family died, it's like, well, you know, yeah. here you go. Uh, and you know, a lot of people go, Oh, you need a man and a woman. And I'm like, I think there's something to that. I do think it's good to have masculine and feminine influences, but you know, in this theoretical, you would have the community and I'm, I'm not saying yeah. like a community should raise a child. I'm not saying some commie bullshit. Like, but I do think there, it's a, it's a little bit of a, of a mixed bag. I think it wouldn't be just as simple as that. Like there's still yeah. most likely be masculine and feminine influences on them. Uh, totally. Yeah. yeah but, Let's move back to abortion because I want to get more of your thoughts on Roe v. Wade and what your thoughts mm-hmm. on it being struck down. Are you a fan of it or are you not? Uh, I'm personally of the opinion, like, no matter where you're coming from, you really kind of should be for it. Unless you're trying to have some sort of, you know, federal rule, you know, rules over everything, I, I, I think you should. But uh, I'll let you go. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that I don't think that people fully understand what it means. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, they think that it's like they just outlawed abortion or something, or they think that they made it okay to outlaw abortion federally or something. Or like, there's so many things that people think about it, and it really just makes it not a constitutional right anymore. And I mean, it's a really weird constitutional right. I mean, they really like push, pulled that out of like the Fourteenth Amendment. You know, they pulled it out of the right to privacy. There's no constitutional, yeah, there's no constitutional right to have an abortion. Like, that's crazy. There's no constitutional right to tons of things that I may think are good and may think are bad, but that doesn't need to be a freaking constitutional right. Um, you know, that that's different. And I don't really like the courts deciding things like this. Like, I don't like that the courts decided gay marriage. Like, I think that that's dumb. Like, I think that we should have, like, decided it, like, on a federal level. It should have been, like, you know, like a law or it should have been, you know, like, all agreed to or it should have been left to, you know, local and the federal would have to, like, recognize it if it was, you know, in your local district recognized it, that kind of a thing. Um, I, I don't like it because now they can just go and, like, overturn it. And they may. And then, yeah. and then I'm like, okay, now what? Like, <laughs> do I just identify as a dude now so I can like still like have a wife? Like, what do I do? Like, what's going on? So I don't like um, the judge, uh, basically the judicial system um, being activist in that way. I don't, I don't like activist judges. And I think they should be very strict to the constitution because that's their role. Um, so I think that they did push it a bit too far. Um, and now it's kind of a correction. Yeah. Um, and that's going to happen when you push it too far. So that's why I don't like it. I don't like things being decided in the courts. Like I hated that. I remember my friends when they passed Prop 8 in California, making um, gay marriage illegal. Um, they were like, my friends were like, it's okay. It's now it's going to go to the Supreme Court. That was like the whole plan to begin with, I think, honestly. Like now it's going to go to the Supreme Court and then they're going to rule there and now it's going to be fine. And I'm like, is it though? Like, because like, it's going to they just like rule like later once the court shifts and becomes more conservative. Like, is that really okay? That doesn't do- really do anything that doesn't make anything permanent they're just going to put it under the 14th amendment and that's totally up to interpretation so i mean i'm overturning roe v wade i think is probably a good thing in the long run um, even for people even for people that are very very pro-choice because you can do pretty much anything you want now in your state um you know you have the right to make that decision now of you know what you want those state laws to be and how you want to define your more local territory. And maybe it'll cause succession of some states. I don't know. Maybe it could like spur some crazy stuff and like civil war and I don't freaking know. But like I think that it puts more um, you know, onus on local 
you know, local laws, which I think is overall usually a good thing and removes um, constitutional rights that aren't constitutional rights. And that's also a good thing too. We should have minimal constitutional rights that are very clear cut and that can't be just willy nilly overturned because um, they're so obvious. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what I think in general. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I want to kind of get to your thoughts on like uh, uh, the, uh, I guess it's kind of like the inverse because a lot of people when they hear talk about slippery slope, especially coming from our uh, uh, our spheres, a lot of time they're talking about like the progressive individuals, and it's kind of like you know, uh, you know, especially a lot of people make the argument like, oh, they allowed gay marriage and now trans, and there's this, and and I'll, I'll give them there's something to that. I, I don't think that marriage ever should have been anything to do with the government in in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there, there's something to that aspect, mm-hmm. but I've seen a lot of people and it's funny, actually, like I saw this a lot online and I thought it was just like, and I saw a lot of memes and I understood it. Cause they're like, I get it. Like you're making a point. I don't agree with the point. I thought it was a little hyperbolic, but then my wife came to me, I think it was either today or yesterday and me and my wife to just for context, we actually disagree uh, quite a bit on the abortion thing, which isn't really an issue because we're married. Like, I mean, yeah. who, who cares? I mean, like we, right. we, we kind of control that. Uh, we already have two kids. I mean, if she got pregnant, we'd, we'd have it. But she is definitely would be more pro-choice. But she's like a normie pro-choice or like because because mm-hmm. a lot of people like uh, it's funny that like, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of a slippery slope thing as well. Uh, a lot of the crazy progressives, you know, when they talk about abortion, they'll, they'll be talking like third trimester. Uh, there was that mm-hmm. shit in Virginia or was it Virginia or maybe it was New York where they were like, it was literally almost like up to birth, like or partial mm-hmm. birth. And it was, it was insane. And you know, most people don't agree with that. Even people who consider themselves pro-choice and like me and my wife, like we get arguments about this, but she is very much the normie where it's like her position is, I think what most people's position is like second, third, no way first. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you got to do it, you that's do what it. Roe v. Wade was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe that's why she supports Roe v. Wade because Roe v. Wade was literally like first trimester okay, second trimester um, only okay if there's a medical reason, and third trimester is a no go. That's like what they yeah. decided on as a consensus. So I think that's most people's kind of position already. So that might be why they're so upset. But yeah. I mean, either way, you can still have that if that's what you still want to do in your state. It could just stay the exact same. That's how it's going to be for you know most people. Most people, nothing really changed. Um, there, mo- you know, most people that are upset live in places where nothing changed and nothing will change. And it might even get more loose just to like make a point, you know, they might even be like, oh, we're going to get you loose in the sub even more. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think like Roe v. Wade is a big deal in a way, but I think, you know, the slippery slope argument is like, yeah, like I mentioned, like activist judicial, you know, systems are not good. Like, I don't want the Supreme Court to be activists. I mean, like the legislators are supposed to represent us and make laws. And, you know, the justices are supposed to basically interpret whether that's constitutional or not. Yeah. Um, and I'm for a strict, uh, a strict um, constitutional judges. I think that's better. Yeah. So, I mean, slippery slope, that's a whole other argument. I do kind of think like now that I think about it, I'm kind of almost like against gay marriage in a way, like not like on a personal level or, or anything, but just like, I think really, we probably shouldn't have done that. We probably should have just like codified like domestic partnership. And just made that like a federal and just had it been separate and not gone through the courts through the 14th Amendment because now it's like it's it's weird. Like, why did we have to call it marriage? It, it did kind of become like a weird slippery slope with legality and all of that. So I don't think it's that great. I would have been fine with it being called anything. Like you can call it anything. I don't give a shit. You know, like as long as like I have the same legal rights, um, you know, as long as like I can see my wife when she's sick and we can travel and we can like, you know, our marriage is recognized by the law so that I can do things, then I'm cool with it. I don't really need it to be called marriage, but they really pushed for that. And mm. yeah, you know, I don't know if that was the best route to go. 
Yeah. Uh, the, actually, my wife, like I, like I said, she's a normie, but I, I, I do think I'm kind of getting her to come around the Roe v. Wade thing because I think she doesn't pay it. She's not someone who pays attention to this stuff. She's very much a normie, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I love my wife. She's great. Yeah. But like she, she doesn't really. She's like most people doesn't pay attention deeply to political philosophy or how political systems work. And so I don't think she really completely understood all of it. And, and it seems to me she's kind of coming around and getting it a little bit more. And she was actually making fun of some of her friends who were coming back from work and going on and on about how well now they're going to get rid of gay marriage. Now they're going to do this. Now they're going to do that. And like, I, I, like she was like, "This is fucking ridiculous. Like they're not going to do that. That doesn't make sense." And she was kind of going on. And like, I, like the point I'm getting is like when I saw those memes and stuff online, because I'm sure a lot of people have seen those memes that are like, oh, well, next we're going to be, you know, hunting witches and stuff. And I thought like, for me, I was like, well, no one really like believes that entirely. They're just more making the point of like, you know, they're making a hyperbolic point. And there is yeah. some point to that, although I don't agree with it. Uh, but I guess I want to get your thought. Like you concerned now that they're going to start coming for other shit. They're going to start hanging witches or they're going to start getting rid of <laughs> a fucking uh, a ro- or get rid of gay marriage um, or whatever. Overall, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's definitely possible, but that's the problem with this whole thing. Like I mentioned, I mean, I don't like the court deciding things because that's the issue is like the court is going to shift over time because the presidents appoint justices and people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg don't retire. Like, you know, like, like there's just like things that like don't happen the way you'd want them to happen to have a balanced court. And I hate that it's even like that. It shouldn't even be that way. I think that that's actually a flaw in the constitution for sure. Like the president um, appointing justices is a major flaw because we're seeing like how partisan we've become. And now it's become a major issue because now it's like, super political and you know these presidents are only going to appoint somebody that agrees with whatever the like right wing stance is or whatever the left wing stance is and it's very black and white and divisive on these issues and it's just going to keep shifting back and forth so is it possible sure am i concerned i would say mm, not super concerned um a little bit but i think that i'll still probably retain my rights like you know ex post facto or however it like works like just like grandfathered in kind of a thing i mean there's gotta be something um but like i said i mean everything's so so, yeah well i'm in oregon but i mean but federal law is important i mean because of a lot of different reasons like if you want to travel um get visas have your marriage recognized in other countries um it does make a difference but i think it's okay now like honestly i think that we can like make a law like we can be like domestic partnership is the same legal status as marriage like that's all that they would really have to do and we could just call it call it domestic partnership and any marriage license would probably still be valid at this point because they were valid when they were you know basically when they were registered so i am i'm not super concerned i'm really concerned about things kind of going the other way to be honest on a lot of things like like i mentioned i mean so let's say my marriage does go away but now i can identify as a man okay like, no one can stop me from doing that. Like, honestly, like, nobody could stop me from being like, yeah, I'm trans now and I'm a man. And okay, this is my female wife and I'm a man now. Mm-hmm. And we have a straight marriage. Okay, so how are they going to stop that? You know, it's like, it's just like, so in a way, like, I'm more concerned that the fact that words don't mean anything anymore. And we're just drifting off into like, you know, people being just crazy about things that don't have any knowledge about what the hell they're talking about. And we're getting more and more ignorant and more and more opinionated at the exact same time. That's more what I'm concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say too, to the slippery slope thing, I, I think if we're going to uh, like crudely boil down these things to two sides, I do think at least in this current thing, you did bring up earlier in the nineties, the conservatives were a very different breed. And I do think that's mm-hmm. true, but this current mm-hmm. breed of conservatives and current breed of, uh, 
of uh, like liberals, progressives, Democrats, whatever you're going to call them. I think the thing is, if we're going to apply this slippery slope argument, you got to think, what are the motivations of these two groups? I genuinely think the conservatives, uh, roughly, if we're going to call this one side, I think they genuinely just want to be left alone. And I think a lot of people don't realize like the Roe v. Wade thing's just kicking back the states. So it's like, that's what mm-hmm. they want. They just want to be able to make their own decisions in their own state. Yeah. And on the other side, the motivations of the progressives, if you understand the progressive mindset is, well, this is, if you don't comport to what we want, this is an issue. And like, so this is why the slippery slope applies to one and not the other, in my opinion, because I genuinely don't think the majority of conservatives have an issue with like something like gay marriage. I mean, and if you were to kick it back to the States, I, I don't even think they would really care. Like it, it's a little bit different. Like, cause the argument for abortion is fucking murder. So like, obviously they're going to be like, yeah. Hey, you're not cool with this. <laughs> so, like, uh, but gay marriage, like, I don't care if, 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 Billy and Tim over there are married. Like they seem like nice fellas. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> like, That's definitely shifted, um, for sure. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that the the conservatives definitely shifted. So in the '90s, they were like super religious, like evangelical Christians took over the Republican Party for like a decade, and everything was like super crazy, like authoritarian, like do what I say. And then so then the left was like more libertarian because you're going against that, being like, no, we want to do what we want, like screw you. And that's kind of where like Planned Parenthood versus Casey like came up and, you know, it kind of like basically solidified Roe v. Wade and was like, no, like this is, this is like constitutional still um, and enforce that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the culture, culture thing is definitely uh, an issue. I mean, you have like, if, if you have uh, populism is shifted to the right and now it's like the right is definitely more libertarian, more populist, not super, but just like a bit more. Um, on the spectrum enough to like make kind of a difference and for people to be like hey like I kind of like this more and the and the democrats have gone more in the other way been more like no dogmatic um so it's kind of like pumping the great brakes in the gas you know it's like almost like the progressives are like pumping the gas sometimes when like necessary but then like the brakes have to happen like at some point where we're like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. like okay but not that far like that that was cool like gay marriage was cool but like you know, this whole like full, like, um, you know, whatever, what is a woman thing? That's not cool. Like, you know, now we got to like go back a little bit, no drag shows for kids, that kind of thing. It's like, no, let's move back. Um, so yeah, I think there's just like the Republicans are pumping the brakes right now a bit. Um, and the progressives aren't liking it because they've been used to like flooring it. Yeah. <laughs> they're used to going a hundred degrees on a hundred miles per hour on the highway. And now they're, you know, whatever, going 25 miles in the school zone. Yeah. And they're not enjoying it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I do want to touch on a little bit. This is a little bit backing up, but I do think this is a yeah. little bit of a, a, a look into the progressive mindset to some extent. Because uh, we were talking on gay marriage and kind of how it started. And if if my memory serves me correctly, there were a lot of places that were instituting things like domestic partnerships or or mm-hmm. allowing you to have some sort of legal things to kind of give you the same protections. And for, for some reason, that just wasn't enough for a lot of people. And I get it to some extent. Like you're like, well, I want to be able to say I'm married, and they're like. Okay. And I, you know, as time's gone on, I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I do think marriage to some extent is a religious thing. I'm an atheist. Uh, and if, if it hadn't been for a lot of the, uh, pol- or, uh, legal type things, taxes, et cetera, that come along with being married, I don't think I would ever marry my wife. I still think I'd be with her. Like, mm-hmm. but like, uh, but there would be no, yeah. like, so I don't see the need for it to be a marriage per se. I can, uh, there's no reason if government never got involved that I couldn't be like, have made a promise to my wife or some sort of pledge or, 
whatever. And we could have had something to cover the legal side of things. Because for me, like calling it a marriage, uh, aside from like maybe some of the cultural context, it doesn't really make a difference to me. It's still the woman I love. I'm still, she's still the mother of my children. They're, I still would be with her, you know, till this day, whether or not we, you know, like we're, you know, had some legal document from the state that says we're married. Like the idea that I need that or need approval from the state of my relationship uh, mm -hmm. is kind of silly. And it really is. If the more you think about it, it's kind of like a religious thing. Like, and I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's my perspective. I, I don't see like, I, if anything, I would prefer not to. The only reason why is I was kind of, forced into it by the state. I think every like, man is prefer not to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's not to mean that like I want to get away from responsibility. It's just that yeah. like I, like what why? Like this is a whole yeah. Yeah, like, like, why, yeah. I mean, like, why couldn't we have handled this amongst ourselves? Maybe we could even have yeah. a little ceremony, you know, promising ourselves to each other or something. That the idea that state yeah. needs to be evolved is just fucking silly. Or the idea that it has yeah. to be considered a marriage by enshrined by the, the state is just to me silly. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I'll just give my perspective as, like, a gay person who, like, grew up gay and, like, the kind of cultural perspective and that type of thing, because, yeah, when I was growing up, I mean, being gay was still very much, like, not really cool, like, at all. I mean, you know, I was born in the early 80s and kind of grew up in, you know, the 80s and the early 90s, and, you know, I also was in a very traditional conservative family, you know, they were pretty homophobic, they are very, very, like, you know, Catholic slash Christian, and... Um, I went to a Christian school. They were also very like anti-gay. Um, and so I never really even thought any of this was possible to be honest. Like I really didn't think like I could ever live like an out life and all of that. So yeah, it was important in like a cultural kind of way um, and more like a psychological way almost just being like, you're okay. Like it, you know, you can do anything that like a heterosexual person can do. And I think that's how like most gay people probably feel about it is just like they have this like internal like emotional thing where it's like, I feel like I'm, you know, in this 5% or 10%, whatever it is like of society and everybody else gets to have like these things that I can't have. And you grow up and you go to tons of weddings with your family and you see people getting married and you're like, I can't ever do that. You know, I hate this. Like I remember hating weddings. Like I'd be like, I don't want to go to this fucking wedding. Like I don't want to see this shit because like, I'm never going to do that. You know, it's like not possible for me and everybody's all celebrating it. And like, I, I just didn't get it. Um, I thought like weddings were stupid and I just thought it was dumb. Um, and then now suddenly I, I can, or it's like a possibility, you know, and you're like, oh, wow. Like, I'm like, you know, accepted by society. It was, it was really bad. I think for like most people, um, I don't think it was super religious. I think that things start religious in societies normally, and then they become just like tradition. And there's like the ceremony, like you mentioned, like a commitment ceremony, that's like very important to humans. Like humans need like, like a ceremony that's been important to us forever. Like we're like, we just need to like that, that ceremony and that tradition. So that's when I say like, I'm traditional. It's like, I like to have that kind of um, be a part of the tradition so that, you know, everybody kind of commits and everybody's there and they're like, everybody accepts it and we're like, cool with it. And that full commitment kind of spurs um, better results, I think, in general. Mm -hmm. In general, I think if you're married, you have better results for your relationship. It's just kind of been proven that if you just live together and your domestic partners or whatever else, like you're not married, you don't have like the full on commitment and you don't have as good of results for yourself and for your kids. That's just like statistically proven that people have better results when they're married. So it's just kind of like that's sort of my viewpoint of it is like that's why I thought it was important. But now, like kind of looking back, it's like it was really very emotional. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not really like logically important. It was really just like that emotional thing of feeling you're not good enough, feeling you can never do something, feeling everybody hates you, feeling like ostracized from society. And suddenly you're a part of society. 
it's like, wow, total shift. I mean, and it, it was, I mean, like 2015, I mean, I think that everybody noticed like a shift and like how you mentioned, like Republicans don't really care about gay people anymore. I really think that like the gay marriage did a lot of that because now they had a neighbor that was gay and they're like, oh, I got a neighbor that's gay. That's totally fine. They're like gay and they're their husbands or whatever. That's awesome. Whatever. I don't care. Um, so it did kind of normalize in that way. Um, unfortunately, you have people that don't aren't traditionalists and like are, you know, using that as a springboard for some really radical, like crazy shit that most gay people don't even agree with. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I think there's many sides to it. And I think it was more cultural than religious, honestly, like more social, cultural, wanting to be accepted, more emotional and religious is like, that's how people feel about it that are religious for sure. Mm -hmm. And that's why they didn't want gay marriage. Cause they think, no, there's a husband and a wife. Bible says a husband and a wife. And so like, that's how they think. And I'm like, okay, like, I totally get that. That does make sense. Um, unfortunately, like, you know, we're not living in biblical times and people want to be accepted in society. And uh, yeah, it's like pros and cons to this whole thing. I mean, uh, but overall, I'm glad that like people are like chill with gay people now because there's no reason not to be. I mean, as long as they're not doing anything wrong or hurting anybody, it doesn't really matter. So in a way, it enhanced liberty. And then in a way, it's like a slippery slope to some really weird shit that we're now seeing as well. So Yeah. Yeah, which is why the state never should have got involved in the first place. Yeah, like I said, I would be perfectly content for me personally. I mean, obviously, I'm coming from an atheist perspective as a heterosexual. I would have been perfectly content to have some sort of commitment ceremony, and I, I genuinely don't think it would have made a difference. Like me, like nothing about uh, you know the fact that the state is involved is what's kept me from leaving my wife in any way, shape, or form. Uh, like I, yeah. You know, so, um, like, no, yeah, no. I mean, I think for heterosexuals, it's definitely different. You did not grow up thinking like, oh, I can't like do something, you know, and now suddenly I can. So I think that's kind of different when you feel like you can't do something. And now suddenly you can, you feel more free or something. And then there's also like, I love to travel and I wanted to live abroad, like with um, my wife, like whoever I married and not really possible unless it's federally recognized just because of the way visa laws work. I mean, you can do it, but it's like way harder. And like, you each have to get like your own individual stuff. If you're married, you can just be on like a partner visa and like family visa and just go. Um, and I knew that from traveling a ton and like how married people, it was way easier for them. And like people that were just couples, boyfriend and girlfriend, it was like each of them had to like have the legal requirements on their own. Um, and it makes it more difficult. So I was just thinking about it like from my lifestyle perspective, honestly, like the way I want to live my life, so I want to be free to do what I want whenever I want, leave the country, have everybody just recognize it, go where I want to go and be like, we're good, like we're a family. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different for everybody. I think it's just like, I consider myself, I mean, I believe in God, but I'm not like religious, religious, but I have belief in a higher power. So I'm not really an atheist or agnostic, but that's like zero to do with like my marriage to me. Like my marriage is like practical and it's about like, it's about the commitment to, it's about like, now I'm married and like my life just freaking way improved just from like being unmarried. If I was like girlfriend and girlfriend, I don't think it would be the same results at all like we wouldn't have put our finances together we wouldn't be like oh we got to improve ourselves we got to be better or we have to like show like everybody that you know gay marriage is great and like it's fine and we're doing great and we're awesome people there's so much like that comes with a marriage that you feel like this responsibility i think and maybe not maybe it's all in my head but either way it's like i'm getting the results whether it's in my head or not so yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is yeah no, yeah. I, I I agree, I, but like I, I just think that the yeah. biggest issue here is the fact that state even got involved at all. Because the state was oh, yeah. never involved, it would have just been like, hey, we can you know do some sort of yeah. ceremony, or whatever, or or you know have some sort of legal documents that because obviously there's the aspect of like, hey, what happens if we break up? We got these these things together, and or yeah. we have children, or et cetera, et cetera. But the idea that those things couldn't be litigated without some sort of 
in a document that says we're married by the state is, is a little bit silly. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I just think they never should have been involved in the first place. And that's kind of what fucked True. it all up to begin with. And, you know, yeah. this never would have been an issue because you could have, <laughs> you know, you could have just True. got a document saying, hey, we're we're people living together. And if we break up or whatever, or if we decide to, you know, move apart, that these things, you know, they'll be we'll have to go some sort of process to figure out who has what. But at the same yeah. time, like we aside aside from that, we'll do whatever we want. We can call ourselves whatever we want, you know, husband, wife, yeah. wife, wife, and husband, husband, yeah. whatever, you know. And the idea of the state getting involved, I just it, it was never good to be in the first place. And you know, I mean, obviously, mo- yeah. I think a lot of people just do it for the taxes and stuff like that. And I get it, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, the state definitely shouldn't have been involved. And like, I think that like now though, like I think if things did go back, if they overturned the ruling, like I think it'd be fine now, honestly. I think it like oh, yeah. would be totally fine. Kind of like with the abortion argument, it's kind of similar. It's kind of just like, okay, so you send it back to the states, and now it's fine because it's like we we yeah. uh, we are like more informed and we can make our own decisions, and now we have like some kind of basis of like how we're going to decide this, you know, more locally. So I think either way, it'll be fine now. Yeah. I think that people just get super worked up, and the media pushes like these crazy like emotional perspectives on things, but in reality, like these are all just legal issues with the state and like like fuck the state i mean like i don't like (laughs) like you said i don't think they should have been involved in any of this anyway and it's ridiculous and now if anything goes back to the states totally fine either way like doesn't have to be a constitutional right this doesn't have to be yeah i mean i would like to see even further decentralized even more diversity Mm -hmm. like you know obviously yeah yeah yeah. i mean i'm an arrogant so i'd like to go all the way down to the individual individual but the further decentralized the better like i get it like if you're if it's a I mean, when the case of abortion, I've given my opinion, I think it's murder, so it's a little bit different. But say with different things, you know, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But, you know, I mean, whatever, you go to another state to do something. Like, I get it. It sucks to have to move states or whatever. But to some extent, like, if you get it more localized, it's, it's it, it gets even better because it's like, hey, if you're living in rural Kentucky and you don't like this thing that most rural Kentucky people like, and it's somehow a legal thing. It's kind of like, well, why the fuck are you living in rural Kentucky? Like, yeah, or go to the city. Or like, you, like, I was explaining, like, if it was county by county, okay, like, a lot of things are county by county, then, like, you could go to the next county. And, like, okay. Like, I mean, you don't live there, but you can go and visit. And if they say that's okay, you can visit and have this thing done or do this thing. I mean, we do that with all kinds of other things, guns and everything else. So it's like, why not? Like, why couldn't it be, like, county or city or even smaller? Um, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and even in a state context, it's like, I mean, I get it. It, it sucks if you live in Cali and uh, you're a conservative and they're doing liberal shit. It's like, I, I kind of feel for you. But at the same time, it's kind of like, dude, what the fuck are you doing in Cali? Like, I mean, I get it. It sucks. Yeah, just it's like, at some point, it's kind of like... <laughs> well, California is a big state. I mean, yeah. most of California yeah. is actually conservative. It's actually yeah. mostly red. It's just like the more populated areas are in the cities. But like, if you go like literally just a little bit out of LA or a little bit out of San Francisco, like you're in Fresno, you're in Bakersfield, like... That shit's like country. I mean, that shit's like Nevada or Arizona. It's like wild, wild west. Um, and people don't want to leave where they're from. It's just kind of a thing, I guess. But as California is a weird, really weird example. It's really like a country, honestly. California is more of a country than a state. It's such a weird state. Yeah. Um, Cal- it's too big. Example, but maybe New York. It's just too big. I mean, like, <laughs> no, I mean, like, really any of them. Though. New York has upstate yeah. New York, too, where they're, like, more conservative. And they hate, like, what happens in New York City. So, like, I think that's kind of the problem right is like we're in these like you know <laughs> fake drawn out lines where it's like now you have to 
abide by this, you know, in this line. And then if you cross this line and you can do this, it's just, it's all, you know, made up yeah. in our heads. So I think that's the main problem is it's just like, this is all made up bullshit yeah. that we just are like agreeing to. It's like, we're like, we have a social contract that we're going to agree to like these lines and these rules and these laws. And we're just going along with it. And I think that's really like the root of it. You know, it's like, it's, it is anti-liberty to even like have to worry about any of this shit. Like it's, it should be something that you can decide with your community or your yeah. family or, you know, just yourself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Like I know when I lived in Maine, it was so fucking rural. It's funny when I moved to Tennessee, a lot of people give me shit like some city slicker Yankee because I moved in high school and it's like, dude, I, it's like, don't get me wrong. Where I lived in Tennessee was very rural, but where I lived in Maine was like way more rural because Maine is like mostly <laughs> yeah. just like woods and shit. I don't like, even think Maine exists. Like I'm like Maine. Like people say they live in Maine, and I'm like, what the fuck? What? Yeah. Like you know? <laughs> yeah, but the, a lot of people like I think I'm pretty sure it's a blue state, or sometimes it's a swing. I don't know if it's a swing state. Yeah, I, think it's I mean mostly Stephen King state. lives there. I think he's making yeah. it a blue state, just him. Like yeah, he he lives in Bangor where I went to school. <laughs> but yeah, no, like uh, most of the people are like in Augusta and shit. There's so much of the population that make it blue in other places. But a lot of people are super conservative because it's like mostly country. Like I lived on the sticks when I was in Maine. Uh, but yeah, I guess at that point, I, uh, we're kind of meandering at this point. I think it's probably a good point to kind of uh, go ahead and uh, finish it out. If you want to go drop whatever plugs you got, if you're going to get projects yeah. at this point or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, please go to my Twitter, which is just at my name. Um, I do have a um, newsletter there. So please sign up if you want to read any of my writings. I do have some um, articles coming up um, about my shift um, um, away from the Democratic Party, and it has to do with authoritarianism versus libertarianism, little l, and why um, I think that's so important right now, um, that left or right, that you pick what side you're on. So I have an article coming out about that if you're interested in my journey there. Um, you know, if you want to super follow me, I'd love that. I just got approved for that. And I am going to start doing some things for my super followers, uh, lives, ask me anything, whatever, and say stuff that I'm not allowed to say, you know, on Twitter without getting suspended. So um, if you want to support me there, um, I'd love that. And yeah, that's pretty much it for now. So go to my Twitter, sign up for my newsletter, um, super follow me if you like what you see. And I'd love to hear from you. Let's connect. Yeah, speaking of Twitter, uh, I'm on my third account now. Uh, two of them broke 3K, <laughs> and every time after I broke 3K, I kept getting nuked. Uh, although I, don't remember, I wish I could remember what the first one was, but it was something pretty innocuous. So I'm like, what the fuck? But uh, whatever. Now I'm at the spot where I'm like fucking banavating, so it's just annoying, and it's like they're gonna get me eventually. But uh, if you do want to follow me, I would appreciate it at Senor Jose, uh, not the little squiggly N, just a normal N. Uh, you know, <laughs> they don't let I, you do that. The squiggly, yeah. squiggly right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty like retarded when it comes to like tech and stuff, so I couldn't even figure out how to do a squiggly. So I was like, whatever, let's do a normal N. Figure it'd be more easier for most people. But yeah, follow me there. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, I mean, if you want to follow me other places in case I get nuked again, which I probably will. I mean, Facebook's probably another good place to find me, although I'm not super active on there. Although it's a good place. You can contact me on there. I, I, I do check it regularly. I just don't really interact. I don't really like drop a whole lot there aside from promos for stuff. But if you do want to like, you know, communicate with me in one shape or form, you can communicate with me there uh, if I'm not on Twitter. But uh, you know, Twitter is definitely the best place to do it. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, follow me on YouTube. Uh, this is Noe Jose Show. Uh, I'm also on all, all the major auto podcasters. I'm on Odyssey as well. Uh, definitely Odyssey, Odyssey, Odyssey. Like I said, I do put some of my stuff behind a paywall, but uh, because I have my shit mirrored, whenever I do a live stream here, it immediately goes to Odyssey. So if you don't want to give me money on uh, Patreon, and if you want to be able to get my content even while it's not public, uh, you can go to Odyssey. My content's always there on Odyssey. Like there's no paywall there. So if you want to just bypass the paywall, 
I, I, I highly recommend Odyssey, Odyssey, Odyssey. I mean, if you're not going to give me money, uh, go to Odyssey. If yeah. you want to get that content. Odyssey's so, dope. Yeah. yeah, Odyssey's a shit. Uh, I love you know, Odyssey. Like I said, we had that other Tower, Tower Power episode. Yeah, where we topic, question, yeah. Where we question hey, I have the topics I go there for, too, that I don't talk about anywhere else. So I hear that. I'm like, I'm not yeah. talking about that anywhere else. That's my private little thing that i go there for so i love it that's yeah the rabbit hole place it's great yeah uh but yeah uh that's all i got you can uh patreon.com's no way jose 2020 if you want to give me money uh like share subscribe comment all that stuff like i said i got nuke so uh, the shares definitely help right now my reach is definitely way cold right now we'll so get I you some followers it. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, get you some dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Heidi. This was a fun conversation. Right. Uh, I for mean, sure. I've Thank been wanting so to have you on the show for a while. It's just I was like looking because like I like I knew I want to talk to you, but it's like I didn't know what I want to talk to you about. So then one of the biggest things hey. was like that's a good co- conversation. Yeah, anytime. So, like, yeah. yeah, I'd love to chat again. Like, really, anytime. I'm open to pretty much any topic, and if we gotta you know whatever go to yeah. go behind a paywall or whatever we got to do we can do that hell yeah let's let's uh, question the holocaust on the next one i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> oh you said it no <laughs> oh no fuck uh all right with that we are out yeah, appreciate it, it out. man <laughs> all right we're out